Marsha here. I'm just going to include a little content warning ahead of the last episode of David Copperfield. Ooh. So at about an hour and three minutes and again at an hour and five minutes, there was something in the recording room with me and there are a few uh, unpredictable screams. So I would maybe recommend not listening to this episode if you're driving or if you are, um, yeah, just be prepared for that because I'm just editing it now, guys, and it made me jump. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Bye. Bollocks. Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the final part of David Copperfield this week on Unclassical. Oh, exciting. Oh, exciting, David Copperfield. I'm Marsha. And I'm Katie. And we didn't do accents then. Very good for us. (laughs) It was a very subtle Yorkshire twang. (laughs) What is the point? Like... And I'm trying to do some Keisha. kind of accent. I'm not comfortable with who I am as a person. <laughs> I must always be in a performative state. Literally, like <laughs> it's so hard just to be yourself. Like just, just like, to be me. Just there, like <laughs> <laughs> existing humanity. It's hard. <laughs> anyway, human. If you're struggling with existence and want to escape through some uh, different literature and some humour, come back into our universe of David Copperfield. Yes, escape from your world of um, self-hatred into a world of child abuse and men being generally twats. Oh my God, (laughs) like... Oh, and... Yes, and not even the ones that are represented as that. Yes, oh my God. Davey's such a prick. Like, why aren't you my perfect little wife, bitch? (laughs) Oh, you you wait, Katie. I was reading through the notes earlier. You you wait, you wait for the little. I'm gonna bash slap him. <laughs> bash slap the prick. Bash slap him. Right, shall I jump back in? So, do you remember when we left it last week and uh, Dora had asked to be called child wife by Davy? So gross. Well, seeing as I'm a child and you married me. And I was very young. I'd like you to call me child wife. Like, child wife. Take my strong hand. Imagine, <laughs> imagine how much you'd like just vomit everywhere if your partner was like, I want you to call me child. Like, yeah. No, I mean, no, thank you. Calling someone baby. I know people do say like call their partners baby and whatnot, but even mm. that's a bit. A little bit boring. suspect. But anyway, yeah. so that's going on just. Just great. Now, do you remember Dr. Strong, who had the supposedly unfaithful wife? Yes, I do. That He married very young. Yes. When she yeah. was very young, he was a bit old. And he was like, well, to be fair, I did marry a child. I did groom and marry a child. So there is that. <laughs> so, you know, you saying that she's cheating on me. I think that cuts us about even. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you that um, Mr. Dick was hanging out with the doctor? So the doctor is writing a dictionary and because Mr. Dick kind of does scribing stuff now, he hangs out with him. Oh, yeah. And uh, the doctor just walks around like dictating like what he's going to put in the dictionary. And Mr. Now, Dick's... Mr. Dick, <laughs> I'm going to dictate. Dick, 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 dick. And Mr. Dick's just like, wonderful. Wonderful. So clever. Maybe Wonderful. he should get a dictaphone. Ah, and Mr. Dick is addicted to his diction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we have fun, guys. <laughs> we like we like to have fun here. Keep up, guys. Keep, keep, up. keep up, keep up. So um, anyway, Mr. Dick has noticed that there's a problem between the doctor and his wife. Um, and, didn't, didn't. Um, but the, it's, the, it's the problem that it's like a 25-year age gap. <laughs> slightly, slightly. But... 
yeah, things are a little bit fraught after the whole um, infidelity accusations. And the wife has That's no it. idea these accusations are going on, by the way. Um, and Poor woman. She might be not doing anything. Or, you know, she might have been like, well, my husband's really old and gross and, like, groomed me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to be with someone I actually fancy. There are many things which paint her in a completely fine light. But so Mr. Dick, because he's kind of innocent and he's there, he's almost like a conduit, like a go-between for both of them, and he sort of lightens the mood because he's just doing nice things. And they're like they kind of talk to Mr. Dick and not to each other, so they like having him around. Um, Sounds healthy. And so Mr. Dick comes up with a plan to help the doctor and his wife sort of patch things up. And so he gets Davy and he's like, um, <laughs> so Mr. Dick sort of touches his forehead and he says, uh, what would you consider me in this respect? He says, pointing to his forehead. And okay. um, <laughs> Davy's kind of a bit puzzled and uh, he's kind of goes to help him out. And Mr. Dick goes, weak. <laughs> and, um, Awkward. And then Davy says, um, well, I replied dubiously, rather so. <laughs> Rude. Wow, savage, Davy. <laughs> but Mr. Dick goes exactly. Who seemed quite enchanted by my reply, <laughs> and he goes, "In short, boy, I am simple." Hmm. <laughs> and so, um, uh, very honest to the point chat there. And uh, anyway, Mr. Dick thinks that basically he can call out what's going on between Mr. and Mrs. Strong, and um, just be like really blunt. And they can't get annoyed at me because I'm a little bit simple. <laughs> I mean, that is that is some flawed logic you got there, mate. <laughs> I mean, I can promise you they will and they can. They can, they will. Well, they certainly can. I don't know if they will. Um, yeah, and Dave... I said that and I was like, actually, I have no idea. I no <laughs> just not the book. Please, do tell. Um, Davey do tell, do tell. is like, Stella plan. Brilliant. Stella. <laughs> So you do you, bro. So um, they are you to me, Davy and Mr. Dick, Davy's aunt, and also Mrs. Strong's wife. No, sorry, Mrs. Strong's <laughs> mum. I was like, how many people she got going? How many people she got on the go? No, her mum. <laughs> he kind of lives with them. Uh, they all get together to kind of discuss. They're gonna like have a bit of an intervention, and but they all kind of like conclude that everything's fine because no matter what happens the doctor's still leaving like um stuff in his will for mrs strong after he's dead so they're like well it doesn't really matter if they have a happy marriage or not because i mean he's left her all money. his money so what and everyone's just like and that's really really nice of him what a great guy to leave all his money that's amazing i'm like if you've what, married to the some... person he's groomed from a child and then will be left destitute without money because she's a woman and can't get a job yeah well fucking stellar thing to do oh my god yeah he can't take the money with him literally it's like what else was he going to do? Set it on fire? Literally. And just like be dying like, well, sorry, sweetheart, I'm going to die after you die. Like, oh, it's not my problem. I'll be dead, love. <laughs> I'll be dead. Well, that's what they used to do in um, Vikings funerals, yes. didn't they? they? They used to like be like, and you should be better. And you were this um, captain's favourite slave girl. Really? So you should be burnt alive with him. What? <laughs> there was another thing. I can't remember what bit of history it Those... was now. But there was like, so if um, a husband died his wife had to be killed with him so that she could pass into the afterlife because the afterlife yes. was only reserved for married women. However, if the wife died, the husband didn't have to be killed because I swear they cut his armpit or something to show to the undertaker person that he was dead. Literally. Like, I'd take a cut on the armpit after I was dead too, actually. <laughs> Literally, it's fucking bullshit. I think that might be... um. 
Viking again. Yeah, or, maybe. Or ancient Rome. I don't know. I but remember. yeah, so let us know if you know listeners yeah, let us know teach it. us history so um they get them all together in the study and um it's all like a bit kind of like this is an intervention vibe and so annie yeah. like throws herself at her husband's out oh, sorry annie is mrs strong uh, she throws yeah. herself at her husband's feet and um he's like oh god stand up <laughs> and she says she says this katie oh my husband and father Break the long silence. Let us both know what has come between us. You canny. She literally just daddied him. Oh, daddy. <laughs> you can't call your partner father. What's wrong with you? That's disgusting. Imagine, like, you're just like, I'm going to stop you right there, Annie. <laughs> yeah. like, we are going to have to have a divorce. <laughs> like, like, I, am, like, I, I know sorry, I was like, mates with your dad, but I am not your dad. You're putting me in a really weird role. Yeah, it's like, sorry, Annie, hold up a second. Do you think of me as a father figure? Well, kinda. Ah! Uh, I knew there was an age gap, but oh, this is gonna hold up well up worse. Like, oh god, Annie, oh. you got to go. Yeah. You got to go. So, um, basically, um, oh yeah, and then the um, doctor's like, nothing, Annie, nothing. It doesn't matter. It's not a problem. It doesn't matter. And she's like, what's it? What doesn't matter? What's going on? Like, what's going on? I've just been chilling. Yeah, and then uh, the doctor's like, no, no, unpleasant. I won't discuss it. And then Davy's just kind of like, he tries to do it like as tactfully as possible. And he's like, there have been uh, been some uh, (laughs) rumours. <laughs> the rumours are, Annie, that you are a whore. A whore? What say you? <laughs> I say fuck you! Right, fuck baby. Um so she basically goes, right. <laughs> right. Alright, um, so I get groomed as a child and I'm the bad guy. Oh, I wish she said that, but she basically goes, right. I'm going to tell all of you right here, right now, exactly how I've conducted myself in this marriage from day one. Strap in, lads. Here we fucking go. All right. <laughs> so, but then obviously then the respect for her kind of dies a little bit. She goes, when I was very young and quite a little child. <laughs> Gross. Uh, my first associations with knowledge of any code were inseparable from a patient, friend and teacher, i.e. her now husband. Disgusting. The, the friend of my dear, fa- my dear dead father. Lovely. He was always dear to me, her now husband. I can remember nothing that I know without remembering him. So basically he kind of was her educator. So she's like, all I know is because of him. Um, he stored my mind with its first treasures and stamped his character upon them all. That is straight up fucking grooming. It's, it's just like... Groom, 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 groom. Yep. Groom, 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 groom. But she basically said, then she says, they never could have been, I think, as good as if they if if they'd been put there by someone else. So basically, like, I I wouldn't, you know, have turned out any better if he hadn't been there. The reason I've got these treasures in my mind is because he formed me. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. You might have lived a happier life without him. You might not have been groomed, and you might not have such weird daddy issues. Yeah. So. Um, stupid men in your life as i grew up he occupied the same place still so the teacher and friend space i was proud of his soon to be penis space (laughs) i was proud of his interest deeply fondly gratefully attached to him i looked up to him i can hardly say how as a father as a guide as whose praise was different from all others praise 
as one in whom I could have trusted and confided if I doubted the world. You know, Mama, yeah, remember her mum's there? Yeah. You know, Mama, how young and inexperienced I was when you presented him before me, all of a sudden, as a lover. Ah! <laughs> it's, it's straight up fucking abuse. So her mum is like, oh, yeah, he's rich. Annie goes on, it was so great a change, so great a loss I felt at first that she's like lost this teacher and friend that I was agitated and distressed. I was but a girl. And when so great a change came in the character in which I had so long looked up to, I think I was sorry to lose her teacher and friend and her substitute father. Um, And also then be like, I have to sleep with the guy I think of as my dad. Literally. But nothing could have made him what he used to be again. So the second her mum's been like, so, want to fuck him? She's like, Oh, mum, you see, really. there's no going back to the way it was, was there? Not really. It got real weird real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, now you've planted that in my mind. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, there's nothing getting rid of that image. And then she says, and I was proud that he should think me so worthy. Oh, straight up grooming. Like, like grooming. He wants to marry me. He's so great. Like, no, he's so great. Like, no, he's known you since you were a child. This is, he's this is dirty. Mitt. <laughs> and dirty. we were married. And then her mum says, her mum says this, she goes, this is the thanks I get for taking care of my family. I wish I was a Turk. So there's a few things to unpack there. I mean, mean, obviously racism, um, but I really thought you said, I I wish I was a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Learn into the point. To be honest, I've tried to look up what the symbolism is of the Turk thing, what they thought of Turks. Like, do Turks just... Did they think they didn't take care of their families or something? But I couldn't find. So I would have understood turd a bit more. I wish I was a turd. <laughs> I wish I was a turd. Like, okay, focus steel on much. But yeah, so literally the mum's was... vibe is like, oh, don't say thank you. I saved us all from destitution. Like, which is probably true. But still, gross. The fact that it takes that to not be destitute when you're like the women of the family without the man is just like... Yeah, and that Turk bit. It's nice to know that we've always been a bunch of racist cunts, the English. So that, 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 that. Literally, nothing's changed, has it? Yeah. Um, and then she says how her and Mr. Malden, which is a person she's been accused of having the affair with, had known each other when they were young teenagers and gotten on very well. And perhaps in another lifetime, they would have gotten married. And, well, and um, she could have been happy and not had really bad daddy issues because the man groomed her for years. I yeah, wish. what a bitch. She says this, and I think I would have been most wretched as there could be no disparity in marriage, like the unsuitability of mind and purpose. So basically, don't marry for love, marry for, like, support Money. and status. Yeah, literally. Money. Security. And, you know, like, we were both in love. What are you going to build on love? <laughs> what does love got to do with marriage? Exactly. See if we can name that quote, guys. <laughs> That's a retro one. And Davy's just there, who's obviously just married Adora, and he's just like, I totally just got married for love. Shit. <laughs> And I also, but he also, Dave's a fucking idiot because he didn't marry for love. He was like, I married, I married for lust because she, I don't actually like my wife because she's not fitting into this perfect little box yeah, of like love. ribbon box that I've wanted her to fit into because she's not that person. Yeah, for love and yeah, for a fantasy, literally. Literally. Um, and Dory, uh, she's just there like, you're a prick. <laughs> yeah. I ain't cooking you dinner. You cook me dinner. <laughs> Let me turn this back on you, you little piece of shit. <laughs> it still annoys me though. Like, why don't you learn to cook for me? Because I haven't been raised that way. Why don't you learn to cook for me? No, you're the woman. You have to. You're so you immature and silly. Yeah, you're so... Like, God, you're so immature. <laughs> you're so immature. 
Like, can you cook? No. Are you immature? No. no. You're so no. immature. <laughs> Davey, mate, you suck. Davey, get the fucking zoo. So um, Annie concludes, um, I can lift my eyes to this dear face, her husband's, um, revered as a father's. Love. <laughs> she probably hasn't got this intonation, but I can't, guys, I can't. Loved as a husband's, sacred to me in my childhood as a friend's. And solemnly declare that in my lightest thought, I have never wronged, never wavered in the love and fidelity I owe you. But she don't owe him shit. He groomed you from a child. It's so gross. And so she's like, no, I, yeah, we, I really clicked with Mr. Malden when we were teenagers. And yeah, maybe. But no, there's been nothing else. I'm 100% faithful because, lol, um, you're my dad and husband. Ugh. You're my dad and my husband. I wouldn't cheat on both of you, it, the, the one of you that is now one. I'm very confused. So anyway, they have like a massive hug and my and her husband's like, oh, I should never have, you know, listened to it. Blah, 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 blah. Wait, husband or dad? Which side? No, which side? Which side? Which side? It's the same, same person. <laughs> same person. <laughs> um, and she's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. Blah, 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 blah. And then they all turn around and start praising Davy for sorting this all out. Apart from Davy being like, there have been some rumours. Davy did fuck all. It was all Mr. Dick. What the fuck has Davy been doing? It's just because Mr. Dick's in the corner. Just being a sweet Mr. Dick's like, dum de dum de dum And everyone's like, Davy, Stella job. And Davy's like, thank you, thank you. You did fuck all, you little shit. Fuck off, Davy. Um, Why are you even there? Literally. Who are you? And also, it's not like it wouldn't have happened. Like, the doctor eventually, because he was being proper backed into a corner by everyone, being like, this needs to be addressed. So he would have eventually been like, there are some rumours. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Davy, like you didn't even need to be there. No. Why were you there? Who invited Davy? <laughs> Mr. Dick, because he's sweet. Uh, Fuck's sake, Mr. Dick, Mr. Sweet Dick, <laughs> Mr. Sweet Dick. Oh, yeah. No. Anyway, so um, these last two chapters are kind of just like tying up all the loose ends. So uh, Davy is back in London now, and um, he's walking past uh, Steerforth's house, and <laughs> he thinks if I was, if I had been a casual passerby. I should have probably supposed that some childless person lay dead in that house. Like, what? <laughs> nice. Just like, it looks really lonely and destitute. Like, probably a dead person in that. Not even dead per- a dead child. Dead childless person. Oh. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, why are the details? Yeah, Did like, you kill someone? You're, you're weird. <laughs> and anyway, a maid sees him and she's like, oh, um, can you please come in and talk to Miss Dartle? I've been told to look out for you. And he's like, all right. And so he goes in and Miss Dartle is there with Mr. Littimer. Do you remember Mr. Littimer? No. He is Steerforth's assistant. I remember Steerforth is currently gallivanting off with Emily. Yeah. So Littimer's just like, yeah, lol. So we've been traveling around Europe together for like ages. And um, then, but Steerforth concluded that he's not really the marrying type. But he didn't want to leave Emily high and dry. So we made her a very um, good proposition that would have made her like legitimate and respectable. And she didn't want to accept it. And Davy's like, what do you mean? Because marriage would have been the only thing. He's like, a very nice match. The greatest man I know. He's like, are you talking about yourself? And he's like, well, I think I'm really great. Well, I think I'm pretty damn fabulous. Yeah, literally. And then, obviously, Emily's, like, going out with this guy. And she's like, so, you're going to propose and everything. He's like, would you like to marry my mate? Because this is kind of fizzled for me. <laughs> like, he's a bit snotty, a bit gross. But, yeah. well, I mean... He's not Hitler. He's not Hitler. I'll give it back to you. And um, like, Emily's obviously like, hail to the no. And they're like, it's all right. We'll just imprison you for a bit. And you'll eventually, you know, concede <gasps> that you want to. 
And um, she's like, fucking hell. But then she manages to escape and she's run off. So now Littimer's like, I have no idea where she is now, to be fair. <laughs> Does Davy punch him in the throat? Um, well, they're not on great terms. <laughs> well, well, good. <laughs> well, good. Um, so, yeah, that's all been going on. Uh, then... Um, so does Littimer just tell all this really casually? Like, so yeah, I said I'd marry her. This she wasn't keen, so I locked the bitch up for a while. Yeah, you know, I tried to force her into it, but she wasn't into it. Like, you're telling this about one of my oldest friends. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna like, knife you. I, and he's kind of a bit more like, so she could be anywhere. You're welcome. You know some more details. Like, like um, I'm I'm gonna inflict some serious pain on I'm you. Punch you in the fucking throat. Um, literally like you don't you're not allowed teeth anymore yeah so Davy leaves he's like you guys all suck (laughs) just like snips his finger off like I'm taking this (laughs) yeah you do not deserve it look Um, you can't have nice things and uh, then later on the next day Mr Peggotty and Davy finally managed to track Martha down remember they wanted to see what she was about and she's basically because she'd had sex and been cast out she's she's hit rock bottom and she wants to kill herself. And at one point, she asks Mr. Peggotty to stamp her to death. And Mr. Peggotty's like, does he? It's pretty dark, man. He's like, look, I get that you might think that would help you. But firstly, I think it's going to hurt a lot. And secondly, <laughs> I do not want to live with that. I don't want to do that. So Mr. Peggotty's like, <laughs> I don't want to. He's like, to be honest, we only came to ask if you could keep an eye out for Emily and let us know if you see her. And, and Martha's like, oh, that sounds better than suicide, to be fair. And he's like, Okay, good. <laughs> oh, okay. and there's like this whole thing. She's like, and you'd trust me if you if I said that I'd seen her. And he was like, well, yeah, yeah. I want to. And, he, and it's like this whole thing. Like, of course I trust you. I don't care that you've had sex. And it's like, well, no. He's looking for his long lost niece that he's like, you know, desperately like bereft over and everything. Of course, yeah. like he's gonna be happy to, for information. He's not gonna care who it, it is comes so from. It's so fucked. They just like this idea. Like, men have sex. Yeah. Worves. Woman has sex. <gasps> You. <gasps> then, oh my god! So later, uh, Davy goes to go see his um, aunt, and she's giving money to that weird old man again. And, yeah. and he's stop just, giving money to him. Yeah, stop taking it, money. And Davy, like, she's told him like not to push it. So as the old man's coming out the gate, he kind of smiles at Davy, and Davy goes in, and the aunt's like, "Come in." Davy should push it. Push him. Push him into the sea. His aunt's like, "Come in, come in. I owe you an expl- an explanation, but." Come in and don't talk to me for 10 minutes. And Davy's like, okay, let's watch up. <laughs> so specific. Sometimes, sometimes you need 10 minutes. 10 just minutes to... just to collect yourself. And she turns yeah. to Davy. Remember, she's called Davy Trot. I just call him Davy because, yeah, confusing. Yeah. So she turns to Davy and goes, Trot, it's my husband. Dun, dun, dun. Her husband we thought was dead. So, yeah. You don't look that she... shook him. <laughs> Just angry at stupid men. Like, stop fucking shit up for women. Leave her alone. He abused her in the marriage, and now this is going on. So she basically said he was abusing her, so she paid him off so they could separate, and he stayed away for a while, but then he gambled away everything that she'd given to him, and she'd given him a fucking fortune. So, yeah, he came out like, lol, I'm a drunk, and I got no money. So he starts to extort her for more money, being like, you know, I'm real good at abusing. I could just come back and do that again. And the fact that you told everyone that I was dead, it's not like, going to look great for you. If I'm sort of like, lol, I'm alive, and we got a divorce. Oh, that's not very honourable, is it? Or separated. Um, so, and then she says, so she's done this whole, like, talk about what she's been through. And she goes, there, my dear, now you know my beginning, middle, and end, and all about it. 
We won't mention the subject to one another anymore. Neither, of course, will you mention it to anybody else. This is my grumpy, frumpy story. I will keep it to ourselves, Trot. Imagine describing the trauma of being abused by your husband, having to pay him off, and being like... Pay him off, and then him constantly coming back, like, I'll, I'll punch you if you don't give me more money. Yeah, like... I'll reveal that I never died, and then being like, I'm so sorry, it's such a grumpy, frumpy story. <laughs> what she should do is get a massive sack of gold and beat him round the fucking head. Literally, fucking kill the cunt. Sorry. I heard, does Davy go and kill him? Oh, Please Davey's tell me Davy's like, like, cool. Oh, to be fair, that is rather unpleasant and a very grumpy, frumpy story. We'll say no more. Why is no one supportive of any of the women in this? Like, the women are like, going through horrific things and everyone's like, ha! Uh, got it. Got daddy issue. Got it. You, you pay off your abusive husband. <laughs> Bet you <laughs> feel like fair. a right frumpy mug. To be fair, that is actually really boring. So, um, could you not? Could you actually go and tell my wife to make me dinner because she says that's not actually what she wants to do? Yeah. What, what, she's so immature. She says that was so Sure. <laughs> so now, sure. David is now an author and making like an all right living. Um, How is he an author? He can't fucking make an egg. <laughs> I don't actually know what he writes about. But... What do you write about, David? You just sit in the corner rooms and grumble at people. What yeah. you, what, why is this story called David Copperfield? I swear he's barely in it. He's such. It's just David Copperfield asks other people for help because he can't do shit. Literally, and then gets annoyed when they're like, "Can you not do it yourself?" No. <laughs> So anyway, he he's he's all right with his career. So now he decides he can turn his attention to forming to cooking Dora, to forming Dora's mind. Right, let's turn the grooming up a little notch. So he yep. keeps inviting Traddles round, and he basically has <laughs> conversations. I just love the name Traddles. So he keeps, I'm going to traddle over here. Traddle in. So he keeps inviting him round and basically um, has conversations with Traddles about practical wisdom. And then Davy will throw topics and questions at Dora, which she's unable to answer because it's out of her league. And this like really depresses her, which is really similar to what his stepdad did to him when he was a child. Also, just like so abusive to be like, oh, do you not know what this is? Oh, you're so, such a stupid yeah, idiot. Like, or just to ask questions in front of company as well, which is embarrassing. Yeah, so, like, like Dora, what do you think of that? Obviously, you know, I don't think anything about that because I don't, I can't keep up with what you're fucking talking about because I wasn't Literally. educated in that way because I was meant to marry rich. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, I'm meant to be pretty. Dora, have you, have you burnt the dinner again? Do you not know how to cook? No, Davy, I don't know how to cook. Do you? Yeah, literally. So, oh, it's so ridiculous. So, I hope this ends with Dora throttling him. Oh. Like, you know what I can do, though? I can, kill I can fucking kill you. So he later concludes, after all this wasted effort on his part, that maybe his child wife's mind is already formed. Condescending little shit. And it's literally boil him like i can cook you davy yeah and he has like a little chat with her um and he admits that he's been trying to uh form his little wife's mind and she's like oh is that what you've been trying to do what a shocking boy try a manipulative groomer dora literally like slit his, slit his lips oh i got angry just just fucking cut his face open just fucking cut his face off. so anyway they decide that they're going to go on just as they are and he says they were happy but the happiness was not the happiness he'd anticipated in marriage because there was always something wanting well was it dinner? Was it? Wait, was it dinner? <laughs> yeah. And oh, and he keeps reflecting on what um, the doctor's wife was saying, Mrs. Strong, um, saying that basically you shouldn't marry for your first love, and that she says that um, if she had done that, she would be following the impulses of an undisciplined heart. And Davy's like, that's exactly what my heart was when I married Dora. Shit. 
And um, it's like, you should, I mean, obviously you should marry for love. It's like, but also but just marry someone for like who they are, not who you like, well, this... not who you want them to be. So Davy doesn't them. voice any of these opinions to Dora, but they're kind of like sitting with him. And Dora's like aware that she's not the wife that Davy um, wants. And so she points out to Dora, she, uh, he, she sorry, points out to Davy. She was like, um, I always knew I liked you and I got to know you before we got married and I knew that I wanted to marry you, your true self. And I would never, ever try to change you because I love you. Because I'm not a cunt? Yeah, and I love you for who you are and I knew who you were. And he just kind of like politely nods along like, oh yeah, me too. And it's like, I feel so fucking sorry for Dora. And also... Literally! This reminded me... Okay, guys, skip ahead a little bit if you... Uh, are worried about spoilers for the second season of You on Netflix. All right, have you seen it, Katie? Yeah. Right, so you know at the end, when it comes out that she's like the murderer, and she's like, I saw you, I knew you were a wrong one, but lol joke, I'm a wrong one too. Soulmates! And he's like, no, I don't want that. You're a nice little troubled girl with like a dead brother or mum or something, I can't remember. Um, and um, You've got issues and I protect you because you're little baby bunny And she's face. like, that's a fantasy. We're actually really well matched because I cook them. Because I'm crazy and I kill people too. And he's just like, no, don't like that. Like the fantasy. That is exactly what Davy's like with Dora. And Dora's like, mm. I knew you. I knew who you were. That's like, you know, why we had the courting thing. You fucking... Apart from she's like, I'm just sweet little child wife. Anyway, spoilers over. Guys, you can listen again if you skip. Such a prick. Um, oh, and he also notes that even though he can't form his child wife, he did hope that the women in her life would help form her. Like, fucking hell, Well, maybe all the women are looking around and be like, why won't you teach her to cook? Kind of sounds like you have this massive issue about one of you cooking, maybe you should do it. Yeah, like... literally. And he also keeps going on about making her a woman. Hey, if you want to marry a woman, maybe don't marry a fucking child. Literally, you know? like, why, why are you so mature? Because I'm five, <laughs> like... <laughs> Because um, I'm not mature, because I'm a child, you freak. And then, after this, it's noted that Dora is getting weaker and weaker. But she still looks pretty, so, he, so that's good. So he's groomed her to death. And uh, Davy now has to carry her up and down the stairs. So... To be fair, if I were Dora in this situation, I had no way out of it. But like, just to spite you, I'm going to live a really withered life just to down. fuck you over. So, um, oh, and his aunt has this nickname for Dora, Little Blossom. And he's crying because he's thinking about how apt the name is. Because he was like, she is like a little blossom. And what do little blossoms do? They wither and they die. <laughs> I was like, Davey, you've really fucked this, mate. Davey, you groomed her to death. Yeah, so then... Imagine grooming someone full stop, and then imagine grooming someone to the point you groom them to death. Also, this is literally what his stepdad did. Literally, like, mate, you got daddy issues. Yeah, fucking hell. So, um, you remember last time Mrs. McCorber had written to Davey being like, funny, my husband's kind of become abusive, and he's like, be nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Davey. Thanks for the advice. So he gets another letter from Mrs. McCorber saying that Mr. McCorber is still being horrible and violent and that the slightest provocation, even being asked is if there is anything he would prefer for dinner, causes him to ask for separation. And the other night, he pulled a knife on the twins. Probably probably accept the separation, babe. Yeah, chuck him back in fucking prison. So um, mm. Davey's like, ooh, that, that is a little unpleasant. I'll, I'll go meet up with him. So he goes to meet up with Mr. And McCorber. And slit his throat? Yes, Lizzo. Well, Mr. McCorber, when he meets up with him, he's just like, oh, I miss prison life, young Davy. In prison, if you had a problem with someone, you could punch them in the face. But uh, can't really use that little trick anymore. <laughs> you, you sound, sound like, like you're work. healthy to be out. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely... I think we'll take you back there. <laughs> yeah, back you go, mate. So Mr. Uh, Mr. McCorber um, is working for Uriah Heap now. 
And basically, um, he's saying... I love that name. (laughs) You're a heap. You're a heap. He's basically saying that the whole situation is stressing him out, but he can't exactly reveal why. And that Uriah Heap is a bad man. Although... Mr. McCorber. Well, to be fair, his name is basically Urine Heap. Your Urine Heap. Mr. McCorber doesn't say he's a bad man, though. He says his appearance is foxy, not to say diabolical. <laughs> I mean, he's not a good person, but damn, he kind of hurts. He kind of hurts. So um, uh, they basically conclude that, um, yeah, you're rising shit through the business, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Mr. McCorber's like, I'm going to go back and gather some evidence and so we can get this Uriah tit taken care of. Next, Mr. Peggotty and Davy are going to go um, meet up with Martha, but Mr. Peggotty is late. So Martha leads Davy back to her rooms, but there's a woman going into the rooms ahead of her, and Martha doesn't know who the woman is, but Davy recognises her as Miss Dartle. And when they get closer, Davy can hear that Emily is in the room. <gasps> so remember, Miss Dartle obviously had this thing for like steer forth, steer forth, like split her face open. So Miss Dartle has gone to give Emily a piece of her mind. She's going to cut her. Well, she starts basically saying that um, Emily's a trollop and that she wanted to see the face that James, that Steerforth, had fallen in love with. And she just is slagging her off. And they... me, me, me. You're fancy... You're talking about a guy you love. Yes. That split your face open and permanently disfigured you. Yes. Yes. You got issues. And she's like... I think we need to have a talk. I didn't lead him astray. I did really love him. In fact, he kind of broke up with me. And she's like, shut up! Like, mate, we we need to to have a girls' night out and you need to let it out that you are angry with him now. Yeah, we are on the same side. And Davy, whilst listening to all of this, is out in the corridor like, this is horrible. I don't know how much more of this I can put up with. What about fucking Go in there! Literally. (laughs) Go in and break it up. But um, um, I think he's got this whole thing like, oh, I shouldn't be the first one to see Emily. It should be Mr. Peggotty. So I'll just hide out here whilst I hear her being abused. Um, but also, Davey, you interrupt everything and you're always there yeah. for things that don't concern you. Get the fuck in there! Yeah, at least do some good. And um, then Miss Dartle, um, as she's leaving, she tells Emily to go and make an obscure life for herself. Or better yet, an obscure death. And I was like, obscure life? Like, become a sushi chef? <laughs> <laughs> What's something obscure? Or an obs- I, shall, I shall become a skater who paints straws. <laughs> or an obscure death, like eat a clown hat like why does it have to be obscure don't you just want to tell me to go away it must be obscure and when i read it in the arbitraries i want to go huh that's obscure i want it to be described as an obscure death i want i want it to be one of those ones that people go really really you can do it interesting i I never thought about that so anyway miss startle i want to be amused by it (laughs) I'm very bored. I don't have much on. Um, so Miss Dartle like leaves the room as Mr. Peggotty arrives, and he's kind of could oh, have, he could hear um, Emily's voice, and so he like rushes in, and Emily's just like Uncle, and then he scoops her, and she passes out, and he just carries her down the stairs <laughs> unconscious. Oh my god, the fucking women in like Dickens have just like. Why can't women handle shit in these novels? And obviously they're all written by men. Like, just passes out like, nah, mate. Yeah, nah, I can't even deal. So yeah, he carries her off. Fucking hell. I think I've mentioned this before, but just like slight tangent. But it always really bothers me in like 
films, books, whatever, how women are presented as being really squeamish and like, at the sight of blood. And men are like, macho, we deal with blood. And it's like, honey, we deal with blood on a monthly basis. Yeah, we got it, sweetie. Y'all really think you're better at handling it than us? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not this time. Not this time. (laughs) Um, So, uh, going back to Martha... Um, Mr. Peggotty is like, oh my God, Martha kept her promise and she kept her eye out for Emily. And oh my God, it's all come together. I've got my Emily back. And you know, Davy, it was actually you that introduced me to Martha. So this is all thanks to you. Oh, no, fuck it's all off, Davey. to Martha. I'm going to punch Davy in the Why clip. Is he getting... He doesn't have one, but all I'm still going to punch him in. Why is he getting all the thanks? And he's done, fuck He's just there like, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> just go along and know everything works out for me. And just like groom my wife a bit until she dies, yeah, you know, do, 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 do. how it is, and they get thanked for it. Yeah. So, anyway, Mr. Peggotty's like, anyway, I don't think anyone's denying it's been an ordeal. So I've concluded I'm going to move to Australia with Emily, where no one can reproach her. And uh, Ham can go live with my sister, Mrs. Peggotty, or whatever she's called now. And um, Mrs. Gummidge, who's the other old woman that lives with them, I'll give her an allowance. But uh, me and Emily, we're out of it. Um, actually, Fair. he doesn't have an, like, an like, accent like that. He's uh, we're, me and Emily. We're out of here. Um, but anyway. I, they're the only ones I like. Yeah, um, Peggotties. Yeah, the Peggotties group. They're solid. So their little slut group is cute. So Emily. Um, so David goes down to um, see Ham um, to kind of be like, "We found Emily, by the way." And um, Ham's like, "Did you see Emily?" And he's like, "Oh, only once, and she was in a swoon." <laughs> <laughs> not not really much that not can be passed great. on and Ham's like I don't really have the words for the message I want you to give Emily but would you give Emily a message for me and Davy's like give it a whack <laughs> and he's like I thought I might get thanked for it yeah, for it being a lovely message yeah, I, like, like I get it. thanked for a lot of things I don't do yeah so might as well give it a go and so basically says that Ham says basically that he hasn't exactly forgiven Emily but rather he begs her to forgive him because he pressed his affections upon her and if she hadn't agreed to marry him they would have remained friends and then she would have confided in him about Steerforth and then he and other people probably would have given her counsel and been like Steerforth is fucking bad news so he's like I do kind of that boy is a twat yeah he's like I do kind of feel a little bit responsible because we weren't exactly a great match and he's like but um I I'm never going to marry again um and I'll love her forever um, but yeah, can you kind of say it in a way that she doesn't feel bad? You're like, thanks so for the impossible this is an task. Issue, but also, this is like, also, it's so fucking blame, isn't it? Like, don't feel bad, but I will never love anyone the way ever, I love ever you. again. <laughs> but let's, how old is he? Like, oh, I don't know, 20s? like 20s. Yeah, he's not old. It's like, you don't fucking know what you're going to be like. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to be sad for a while, sure, but you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Just fucking chill on the marrying front. Like, just be made. Literally, you can be like, look, I'm a bit heartbroken, but, you know, yeah, I'll, I will get over it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Life goes on. I'll be fine. Oh, As I'm... a man, I probably won't be groomed. Yep. So there's that. I like, get a lot more respect. Um, yeah. Mr. Peggotty then tells Mrs. Gummidge that she'll be left in England and she's like, absolutely fucking not. I'm coming with. I'll be your servant. Brilliant. And the next Brilliant morning great. it says they're leaving on the um, uh, car- uh, cart thing and Mrs. Gummidge is absolutely buzzing. And I can just imagine Mr. Peggotty and um, Emily like, fucking great. <laughs> 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 like, okay, brilliant. We're going to bring the old lady with us. 
Um, now it's nice that they're like, oh, can you imagine like Mr. Pokerty go back to Emily and she's like, and he's like, oh, he's just been like, yeah, we're gonna go to Australia. It's gonna be great. We're gonna pay everyone off. It'll be mm. great. She's like, sick. And like, okay, the old lady's coming too. Ah, oh, what? What? <laughs> Like, I couldn't exactly say no. She was really excited. Like, yeah, but fucking hell, she is annoying. She's annoying, man. So anyway, she's on her way. Uh, Mr. McCorver has summoned Davy and his aunt to come to Mr. Wickfield's law practice where they're going to have it all out. Um, oh, this is sad. Um, but however, Davy's aunt is uneasy about leaving Dora on her own. And Dora's like, why shouldn't you both go? I'm not very ill. Indeed, am I? And there, and his aunt's like, why? What a question! And Davy's like, what a fancy! And I was like, so either she is receiving palliative care and she's not aware that she's dying, or no one's aware that she's dying. Like, where are the fucking doctors? Literally. Like, but anyway, yeah. So she's just there. Um. So they get to um, the law practice, and so there's Mr. Dick, Aunt Betsy, Traddles, and Davy. Obviously, Mr. Micawber. And um, Uriah Heep sees like this, so uh, the Avengers assemble, and he's like, "Oh yeah. dear, oh. <laughs> oh dear, I think my time might be up." So, <laughs> just like gonna go and like, uh, he's in a heap now, isn't he? Yeah, he's in a heap. So Mister McCorber, um, before like laying out exactly what's going on, just tries to hit him with a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty boy. He's like, "I've had quite enough of you, you scoundrel!" And Traddles and Dave, you're like. Shall we, shall we just have a chat first? And he's like, oh, fine, but I'm very angry. I'm very angry and I, I do like to hit people with my ruler. So um, it transpires that Uriah has also not been paying Mr. McCorber very much. So Mr. McCorber has borrowed a lot of money off Uriah. So Uriah has been stealing um, money also out of the business under the guise of Mr. Wickfield making bad choices and uh, getting the business into debt. And then um, obviously he's like plying Mr. Whitfield with alcohol. So Mr. Whitfield will wake up the next morning and be like, I paid 200 pounds for what? And Uriah's like, I know man, but you were really sudden it last night. Like, I do not remember. You drank a lot. Oh shit. <laughs> and um, it keeps happening. And then um, Uriah's like, I've got some money. I could like loan it to you to get the business out of debt. So he, the money he's stolen, he then loans back to Mr. McCorber, but leaves himself you. with a big IOU. What a fucking genius. I know. I was like, clever, clever bastard. <laughs> clever, clever bastard. So, um, but like a good Dickensian villain, he's made a very ca- comprehensive record of all his takings and loanings. And Mr. McCorver... Check it again against your history. Yeah. Mr. McCorver has also been collecting evidence. So the case is stacked up against him. And Aunt Betsy is there like, weird, weird a fucking minute. Remember I was fucking broke? And everyone's like, oh yeah. She's like, I wasn't going to say anything when I thought it was Mr. Whitfield that lost all my money because he's my mate. And I felt a bit bad that he was an alcoholic. But now I know it was you. I want every penny back. And I was like, lol. You literally lost every single, like, nearly all your assets to your name. And you're like, but he's a myth. Like, Betsy, you should have slapped him. Like, some of these men take advantage of you. But, literally. But anyway, so now she's like, actually, I would like that money back. <laughs> so Mr. McCorber um, is happy because he's like, at last I can stop concealing things from my family and finally stop beating them. <laughs> yeah, if you would. If you would, mate. So, um... Oh, and then there's this kind of like mutual agreement that because um, Mr. McCorber's got so many debts against him and Uriah can call in so many like, debt collectors against him. They're like, look, Uriah, we won't dob you into the police for this heinous fraud if you fuck off now. Um, yeah. And uh, then obviously don't dob Mr. McCorber in. Otherwise we'll dob you in, you cunt. We'll dob you in, you wee cunt. Yeah, and McCorber's like, fuck it. So, um, <laughs> so uh, that's that. And then Aunt Betsy is like, again, so much unpleasantness. 
Mr. McCorber, would you like me to loan, lol, give you and your family the money so you can also emigrate to Australia and have a nice fresh start? And Mr. Yeah. McCorber's like, if you would. <laughs> so everyone's just off to Australia having everyone's a Everyone's off to Australia, line of opportunity. Next we go Do back. Poor, like, mm-hmm. poor Emily and um, Peg- Mr. Pegarty are like, finally we can relax. Oh, hello! Oh. What the fuck are you doing here? Fuck? <laughs> so um, next we go back to Davy and Dora and the chapter opens with, I must pause yet once again. Oh, my child wife, I do not know how long she has been ill. I'm so used to it and feeling that I cannot count the time. It is not really long in weeks or months, but in my usage and experience, it is a weary, weary while. Literally like, you've been going on a while now, love. Would you hurry up and die? Literally like, I think it's worse for her. You know, the whole being groomed to death. Yeah, literally. The whole wasting away and having a sense that her husband doesn't even really fucking like her. Yeah. So, um, so, or, so, literally, like, I'm so sad. Everything about me. No one's even thanked me for looking after her in her death days. And literally, Emily's like, I, not Emily, sorry. Um, Dora's like, I married the love of my life. Unfortunately, Davy didn't. That's sad. Oh, little Dora. Also, that's not Dickens, guys. That's me. I just wanted to take that. <laughs> that's that was sad. me. Get a lot of t shirts. Yeah. <laughs> or don't. That's really depressing. <laughs> also, just because it's like a quote of like I, it makes it like whoever's wearing it, like I married the love of my life. Yeah. Unfortunately, Davy didn't. Like, who's Davy? Who hurt you? Who hurt him? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs> Who hurt you? So, um, she basically is like in bed, like on the way out, and she says to Davy, um, that she was afraid she was too young to be married, and that it would have been better if they only loved each other as boy and girl and just forgotten it. And she thinks she was not fit to be a wife. And Davy's like, um, you were as fit to be a wife as I was to be a husband. She's like, oh, so you're admitting it was shit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, literally, it's like, you, no, she was fit to be a great wife if you just let her be her fucking self. Yeah. About, like, why won't you cook dinner? Why won't you? Because it's your job, it's chill one. Fuck it. And um, she says, I don't know, perhaps. But if I'd been um, more fit to be married, I might have made you more so too. Besides, you were very, very clever and I never was. Like, it's not your job to shape each other into, like, each other's Literally. ideal partner. Like, like, you know, people can just be themselves and love other people for who they are. Yeah. That's the thing. And then she basically... It's this whole idea of, like, you know, like, oh, I want a bad boy because mm. then I can make him Then I can groom him, him too. Good. Literally. But there's, like, the idea of, like, then I can mould him to be good. And it's like, well, you could just date someone who's not a twat. Yeah, literally. And she basically says that... Um, she would have, he would have grown really tired of her childish ways and she wouldn't have been a very good companion of him. So it's best well, for her to die now. Well, you know what the good thing about being a, like childish ways mm. is when you marry children and then you get tired of their childish ways, they tend to grow up. So. Yeah, exactly. Grow up a little bit. So, um, but yeah, she basically says it's probably best that she dies now. I'm like, Dora, babe, you didn't like cooking and cleaning. You don't deserve to die for it. Literally. And then he tried to groom you. Like, if anything, throttle him. Yeah. So Dora has um, uh, asked for Agnes to be there because she wants to have a chat with Agnes before she goes. So Davy goes downstairs um, to the parlour, whatever the parlour is, and sends Agnes up to go have a chat with um, Dora. And as he's sitting there, Jip, remember Jip the dog? Yeah. He comes over and he lies down at Davy's feet and he dies. And then Agnes comes downstairs and she points up to heaven to show that Dora is gone too. And I they was went like, together. They went together. Well, actually, they were actually, true soulmates. Uh, well, she was quite abusive to Oh, Jim. yeah, that is actually very true. But I was going to say, Davey, it's got fuck all to do with you. She just noticed her dog was on the way out. and like, I'm not staying in a world without my dog. They made eye contact. She was like, you go, babe. You jump, I jump. Uh-huh. <laughs> we ride together, we die together. It's like, 
Please stop hitting me when I'm hungry. You must have your mutton chop. You must eat it every day at noon or you'll die. I think I'll die if you put me in the plate warmer again. Did he not get his mutton chop every day? Is that why they died? Oh my god, she stopped giving him the mutton chop so they died no, together. No, she didn't because she got bit sick and then Davy didn't continue it. Fucking, he's he like, like, I'm not looking after your dog after you're gone. Also, if Jip hadn't died, Davy clearly would have given Jip away. Davy probably would have stamped on him because Davy was a cunt. I mean, let's, I mean, I'm sorry, I feel sorry for Dora being literally groomed to death and having to marry Davy, but she did kick her dog a lot. She did. She was a she piece was a of a dick. twat. Um, she was a dick. So anyway, he must have his mutton chop. He must have it. Anyway, Davy's having a good old cry, but not for long, because um, it's time to sort out this ruddy mess that Uriah has left behind. So um, Agnes, I thought you were going to say it's time to find himself a new wife, and I was like, great, on with the next one. How old is this one? Twelve. Well, Agnes, um, she decides she's going to turn the law firm into a school so she can rent the building out. So she's got some income coming in, so she's fine. Um, Traddles managed to get Betsy's money back and oh my god there's like pages and pages on the maths of how they're doing it it's really fucking boring so skip ahead oh yeah you know there was like this agreement that um, they wouldn't dob Uriah in as long as he stopped um, dobbing Mr. Micawber in yeah well I don't know what's going on because Mr. Micawber has had like all his debt collectors called in and he's like constantly getting pulled over for like paying debts like we'll put you in prison if you don't pay this debt now I'm guessing they don't know where Uriah is um, because they're yeah, he's not in prison not... yet. So fuck you, Raya, man. Yeah. So, but they basically—it's never because he's got—he's borrowed a little from a lot of people. It's never a massive debt that they're calling in. So, um, Aunt Betsy, Davy, and Traddles are just like we'll cover his debts till we can get him out of the country. So it's just like this whole thing that like Mr. McCorber will literally like having a conversation like, and then I said to the guy, Mr. McCorber, you're coming with me, mate. Yeah, has anyone got a quid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so that um goes on and <laughs> has anyone got a quiz <laughs> please i'm meant to be leaving tomorrow um then uh davy's having uh he goes to see um his aunt and his aunt's a bit like um sad and um it's basically uh transpired she's like oh my husband he died but he called for me in like his um dying moment so i went to go see him and he was. I very... shat on his face. No, because obviously these women are represented as absolute sap. She's like, he was very, very sorry for all the abuse. Just and... be there, like, I never forgive, never forgive, never forgive, never forgive, never forget, never forget, die in hell, die. And she's like, and at the end of the day, he was my husband, and he was very, very lovely when we first got married, but. Sadly, so sadly, no fault of his own whatsoever. Um, he became changed, and um, in, in so the I end, did he was throttle so, him. Yeah, in the end, he was so sorry, and I was like, no, like, no, punch him in the throat and go Maybe. through his pockets to see if he's got any of your money left. Maybe what actually happened is she's telling Davy this story to cover her tracks. So when they go in there and find this guts blade everywhere, she's like, it's very sad. Very, <laughs> very sad. It's so sad the way he just exploded and ran into my knife ten times. Very sad. Right, I think Davy would be like, it, what, damn right, it's a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> that is a damn shame. <laughs> so, um, Dave, oh, um, next Davy goes to see Mr. Peggotty to... Um, tell uh, and he gives like i think he's written down what ham's thoughts were and that goes to emily and um emily's like oh i've got a, a message for ham too if you would and davy's like you know just put a you know a clip to my ankle i'm a messenger pigeon tell me where you will yeah <laughs> like have you guys heard of a wonderful invention it's called a stamp <laughs> literally so um, davy's like off i go to yarmouth with a letter to ham from um emily and um 
Uh, oh, and the letter basically says that, um, uh, well, goodbye forever. Sorry about Bye. all. Bye. Sorry about all the unpleasantries. Maybe in another world, if I'm forgiven, um, I might come to you. Might not. And uh, you know, Stan, you're a great bloke. <laughs> you know what? You're very nice. Yeah. You're not very hot. Yeah. It's like sorry. Um, and sorry. David's like, Bye. Bye. David's like, okay, I'll bring that to Ham. No problem. So he goes down to Yarmouth, and bearing right, everyone in the town knows Ham. David's like, have you seen Ham? Have you seen Ham? And everyone's like, no, no idea where he is, mate. And David's like, fuck, this has taken ages. And then like evening hits and a massive storm blows in and there's like this boat being like, or ship being blown in up the beach. And like, it's all pretty bad. And basically waves keep washing over the boat. And um, so there'll be the boat with people on it. The wave will come over and then the boat's revealed with like half as many people on it. And everyone's like, shit, let's go to the beach together. Better luck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah shit man people be dying so they go down to the beach and uh, there Davy sees Ham and he's like Ham mate and um, Ham's like I've got to go I've got to go like save them and Davy's like no Ham no no <laughs> and, and, and Ham's like you know if it's my time so be it you know whatever um mates make me ready i'm going off and so they tie a bit of rope around ham's tummy and he starts swimming out to the ship and then obviously just as he's about to get to the ship a massive wave comes over and just decimates the ship and just fucking kills everyone and um so that, and at that point everyone's like thank fuck we had this rope okay pull the body back pull the body back that was quick <laughs> so he's waking back up onto the boat and um so they take him up to town and everything and the next day Davy hears that there is another body washed up on the street and <gasps> on the beach and everyone's like Davy mate you're gonna want to come take a look at this and so Davy oh, goes down to the beach and it says I saw him lying with his head upon his arm as I'd often seen him at school it's Steerforth fucking good but Ham died trying to save the ship that Steerforth was on and that's what oh, you call ironic it. That's what you call that. Yeah, poor Ham, but I'm fucking glad. I feel like Steerforth didn't get enough enough justice. I mean, actually, drowning in a shipwreck would be pretty traumatic. I hope the but... mast penetrated him. In multiple ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Oh, but then, so they're carrying um, Steerforth's body up to town, and everyone's like, oh, because uh, there's quite a lot of bodies, and they're just kind of, like, putting them all in one room before, like, they can sort it out. And they're like, oh, it might not be right to put Steerforth's body in the same room as Ham's. Might be a bit disrespectful. And they're like, yeah, to be fair. And I just wondered if it had been Emily's body, if they would have even picked it up off the beach or they would be like, cheating, ha! Literally. <laughs> like, yeah, probably. The fact that they're just still having this conversation. Anyway, yeah. um, Davey's like, well, I best go tell his mam. <laughs> so, also, just the thing that's sort of like, oh, we best not put Steerforth and um, Ham in the same room because, you know, they both owned the same woman oh, like, okay, as yeah. property. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, it's like, um, kind of got, f- I mean, if, yeah, poor Ham and all that, but oh, fuck all to do with that. Yeah, you know? literally. Like, so anyway, Davy goes to tell Mrs. Steerforth that, you know, her son's dead. Awkward. Um, does he get thanked for it as well? Probably. Um, so Miss Dartle is there. And so he tells her. And Miss Dartle, Rosa, she just loses her fucking shit and starts screaming at Mrs. Steerforth like, I loved him more than you ever loved him. And now are you happy? Are you happy he's dead? Like, mate, he used to wank over my picture. Yeah. <laughs> like... But then she's like, she reveals that um, obviously Rosa and Steerforth had a romantic liaison, but he just picked it up whenever he wanted and dropped her again. And she was like, I didn't mind. I didn't mind. I would have been that to him. But you drove him away and now he's dead. And, and also he permanently scarred her. Yeah. Uh, mentally and physically. Literally. I'm just like, 
Dude, you need some self-esteem. And Mrs. Steerforth, she's already broken from like her son going missing. So she's kind of already a bit like a mute. And she's just kind of there going like, and um, then, so yeah, she's kind of like shouting at her. And um, it says that Miss Rosa bent down and started trying to loosen her dress. And then that's when Davy's like, I'm going to go. And it says he notified the servants as to what was going on as he left. And I was like, what did he say? Like, uh, Master Searforth is dead. And I think Mrs. Searforth might be being sexually assaulted. You might want to get up there. <laughs> you might get, it's, it's all gotten very weird. <laughs> anyway, I'm off. <laughs> you can't imagine, like, I mean, David's a shit old, but imagine, like, having to deliver that news and then that unfolding, like, I was not prepared to deal with this. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave this in more capable hands. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. So um, it's the night before everyone's about to leave for Australia. And um, so let's revisit who all is. So it's Mr. Peggotty, Emily, Mrs. Gubbage, and the McCorbers. Mrs. McCorber Poor makes Mr. This... Peggotty. Like, it's just like, I had a great fucking idea. I did not invite all of you. <laughs> I did not invite you, cunts. It's supposed to be a nice getaway for me and Emily. Who would have fucking invited you? <laughs> Literally. So Mrs. McCorber then makes this big speech at how Mr. McCorber should pay no loyalty to England just because it's the country of his birth, because it has not helped support his life one bit. And I was like, it's a fairly modern view on immigration, to be honest. I mean, if they, yeah. had, they grasped it back then, what's the problem Literally. with grasping it now? But I was like, well, it, it works very well and we're going to go make money. Not when they're coming over here. It's that thing that people say, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, if you don't like the way the UK or America or wherever it is, is wrong, why don't you just leave? Yeah. So you agree that people should be able to leave in the country they live in if they don't agree with the politics of it. Yeah, so you agree with immigration? Okay, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Also, like crossing the channel is not illegal. Yeah, asylum seekers are not illegal. Yeah, fucking it is. Anyway, oh my god, up. we could have like a whole other podcast on this. Yeah, <gasps> my god. Um, so the next, uh, it's the next morning, and the boat's about to leave. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of Mister McCorber. Anyone got a quid? Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> is the boat very small? Like, well, I only booked it for me and Emily. Oh, <laughs> really? No, it's this massive thing, and it, they're all like down in the gully, all gathered together. It's all dank and dark, and they're like big lanterns hanging off, which are like swinging all over the place. And Lovely. for some reason, Davy's walking about it, and it's about to leave. And I'm like, Davy's fucking risky. Get off! You're into Dave, you got mate. Jump! Yeah, and he's, and he's walking around. And who does he see? He sees Martha. And, Mar- and Martha's like, oh yeah, Mr. Peggotty came to me and was like, yeah, you know, that whole thing. Me reuniting him with his long lost niece. Not you. Obviously, she doesn't say that. He's like, Mr. Peggotty's really lovely. And he said I can come to Australia with him for a new start. He's like, I invited Martha. Not you, Cons. Not you, Cons. Martha, that, that's with me. That's with me. That, she actually, she did me a stellar and I thanked Davy and I, I feel a little bit bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. I th- and, you know, she did also ask me to stamp her to death. So I feel like she needs a break and a bit of sunshine. Yeah, so we're, we're taking her off. So yeah. um, Davy's like, oh, wonderful. And again, this is why I feel like it's tying up loose ends. You might be like, what happened to Martha? It's all right. She's going to Australia. Oh, lovely. Great. <laughs> oh, lovely. Fantastic. Wonderful. So, um, Dave... What happened to Dora? Oh, she's dead with her dog. Yeah, oh, she's dead with okay. Dog. So Davy gets off the um, ship, thankfully, before it leaves. And um, <laughs> ah! oh, run, run. And he's waving goodbye. And he sees Emily come up on the top deck. Uh, and he notices that she's, uh, as she's waving goodbye, she looks beautiful and drooping. I was like, all right, fucking rude. <laughs> Literally, she was hot when she was a child. It's because he's a pedo. Yeah. Like, ah, now she is a woman. Fucking old. Drooping. Not into it anymore. Um, so after this day, uh, sorry, after this day, <laughs> um, Davy. Day of farewell. Davy's like, I have been through some fucking trauma, and I need to. Oh, go... you have, have you? You have. He's like, I, and I need to go process. Uh, so he does his own version of Eat, Pray, Love, and just basically goes around Europe and like stays in Switzerland for like three years writing. 
Um, but whilst oh, he, yeah, he's clearly so traumatic. So traumatic. And whilst he's out there, he um, gets a letter from Agnes just being like, you're right, babe. And he's like, and it was at this moment that I realised I loved Agnes, but not before because I've been very uh, bad for Deodora. It was at this moment I realised I loved her and that I, also she was a very meek, uh, serviceable woman that would do exactly what I told her. And damn it, she knew how to cook. But it was only because of this nice letter that I loved her. Did I make that clear? Clear. Uh, I didn't wish Dora's death. I didn't groom her to death. Uh, Agnes is nice, though. Mm. Agnes is nice and to be fair she makes a bang and stick yeah so anyway he's like but I'll stay out here writing for a bit because it's a bit awkward to run back now I'm yeah. um, so he comes back after three years and he's kind of resigned himself to the fact that I've been away a long time Agnes is probably like you know over it so I'll probably just you know make my peace with being in love with her and not actually like getting together and um, he goes and he meets up with Traddles and Traddles has finally married Sophie and oh, yeah. um, so they're at Traddles apartment with Sophie and Sophie's sisters and Traddles informs Davy that it's all right. The beautiful sister is here too. And uh, great. great. Sophie's like, thanks. Thank you. And uh, Davy's like, I didn't interrupt you. And um, he was like, oh, I was just in the middle of um, romping. No, don't worry. I was only talking to Sophie, not the beautiful not one. Not the beautiful one. It was like, I was romping with the girls. And we were all playing Puss yeah. in the Corner. And do you remember that when they were at school, they were playing Puss in the Corner? And I was like, yeah. you Victorians are fucking perverts. You're such fucking perverts. Perving was, yeah. So, Perving was, yeah. Um, so um, uh, Davey's like, well, it's, it seems like you've got a nice setup here, Traddles. And he's like, yes, I hide the girls in the daytime because he kind of rents the um, flat. So it's just him and his wife. And, um, and then I make merry with them in the evening. Like... No, you're not a fucking pimp, Traddles. What's the arrangement here, Traddles? <laughs> Sorry. Are you a pimp? And well, the sisters are described as a perfect nest of roses. They look so wholesome Ew. and fresh. Ah, why? Why is this such a thing of comparing women to flowers? It's why like, are women little... flowers? <laughs> why are women flowers? Um, so, um, Davy's like, well, lovely. And anyway, he goes off to have a drink and he bumps into the doctor that delivered him or rather the doctor that was present whilst all the other women were delivering him. The one that yeah. his um, aunt scared off. And he's like, oh, yes, I wasn't quite the same for a very long time after that. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Cool. But basically, the only reason we're meeting him again is because he's like, oh, yeah, I have gossip on the Murdstones. And um, Davy's like, oh, yeah, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, so the last wife died and now he's married again to an even younger one. And um, it's rumoured that um, his wife has been reduced to a state of, and they say, imbecility. So she's literally like... Groomed to death. Yeah, there's like there's nothing left of her because she's been so abused. And he's like, my wife noted that it might not be odd. And women tend to have quite a good reading on these things. So I'm inclined to believe her. And they're just like, wow, that shit. Moving on. Like, so they know they're like repeating. It's murder. It's straight up murder. Literal and no murder. Thing, but they're like, we're so nice for noting that. We, I personally wouldn't do it. But I'll let Personally, it carry on. I think it's a little bit mean, but you know, you know how he chooses I, to I, run I'm his house. I'm just, I'm just really nice like that. That I wouldn't groom someone to yeah. death, but to each their own. To each their, to each their own. So um, Davy's like, oh, exactly, right, right. Um, so he goes off to see Agnes. Also, Davy, is that not like really fucking triggering? Like, you mean he's murdering other women the same way he murdered my mother? Literally, like, I'd be like, I'm gonna go fucking slit his throat. Sequel: Davy kills Mr. Murdstone. Literally, oh. not just lets them go. Like, I've... well, it's just off to murder some more young women, children. Like, we're just off to mur mur murder more children. Like, I forgot to what? say. Um, also, Mr. Murdstone has a new career. He's a preacher. Of course, he fucking is. Lit well, it just ties in, really, doesn't it? Yeah. It's rather fitting. Fitting there. So Davy's like, "Wow, I'm gonna go see Agnes." Obviously, he walks <laughs> through the door. Agnes immediately faints. 
brilliant um brilliant great so they're just having a chat about how happy they were at ch- as children they keep calling each other brother and sister i'm like this there's a really interesting vibe in this book yeah um and mr wickfield her dad shows up and he basically says that um agnes's mum died because so she married mr wickfield against her family's wishes and her family and especially her father completely rejected her and um then she basically died so pining obviously a well-known cause of death um yeah. very uh, tender these victorians and so then um when agnes was born and then his wife died not long after he was like it was a diseased love i had for agnes and agnes is just there like I have literally given up my entire life to look after you, Dad. What, well, with Uriah sniffing around me for the majority of it. So, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Prick. Obviously, she doesn't say that. She's just like, poor father, poor father. So, Why the, the women need to get fucking backbones and the men need to stop abusing the women in this and like so, treating them as disposable objects. Can you imagine if Dad always said he had a diseased love for you? <laughs> well, he told me I was an accident. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just looking at timelines. It's facts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, um, ah! Sorry, I think there's a spider in my head! Okay, no. Okay. I don't know if I can cut that out, so if not. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, headphone users, if I can't cut that out. Ah! All right, I don't know what happened. I didn't see anything. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable. Okay. Back to the story. It's really tempting to be like, it's another! <laughs> so, anyway, um, Davy says, I'm not going to be going away again. I'm here for good. And Agnes is like, oh, that really makes me happy. And she proceeds to play the piano whilst not taking her eyes off Davy. Like, <laughs> creepy. Like <a> creepy man. <laughs> um, next, Davy. <laughs> like, okay, possessed. Yeah. I love you. So, next, Traddles is like, Davy, would you like to come to the prison with me? And Davy's like, no. Traddles, I knew when you drew skeletons in school, mate, you're a fucking wrong one, but uh, what? And Traddles like, just come. So uh, to be fair, Davy doesn't even really question it. It's just like a day out, so whatever. Um, like, uh, some people go to the zoo, some people go to the cinema, some people go to the prison. Some people go to the prison. So uh, they go to the prison, and um, uh, oh, on the way there, Traddles is talking about what makes Sophie such a good wife, and... It's things it's like, like about her beautiful sister. Yeah, I've just got to spend time with her beautiful sister. Uh, it's things like she warms his slippers, cooks everything for him, mends all his clothes. And I can't really remember how this works, but she also... Sorry, is she a wife or housekeeper? Oh, wait for it. So she also, like, writes letters to different things. I can't remember how she does it, but maybe she's like, oh, I'm a potential client, but I'm a bit worried you don't have this role in your company. So if you had that role, I could bring a lot of money to your company. And then Traddles is like, hi, I have this role. Would you like to employ me? And they're like, yes! <laughs> and so she's like a career advisor a housekeeper his personal cheerleader because then he goes and gets the job he's like oh you're so wonderful you're so amazing you just did it like you got him the job you did literally <laughs> like, and um he's like and that makes her like a wonderful wife it's like what does she get out of this apart from a house like literally it's like it's so just... she just makes you facilitates making your life better because you can't do it yourself yeah so he's like and that's what you want in a wife davy and it's like what yeah just like my personal housekeeper and it... <laughs> there's a fly in here i think that's what hit me on the head <laughs> you're so calm those poor headphone users They do look like spiders, okay. like at a glance. Sorry, this has been very uh, high stakes, guys. So anyway, they're at the prison. 
and um, <laughs> then uh, they meet two of the newer inmates, and it's Mr. Littimer and Uriah Heep. They're sharing <gasps> a cell. Fuck off, Uriah. Yeah. Oh, so, wait, no, you're in prison. Stay there. Stay there. And so they ask like the prison guard person, like, whoa, what are they in for? And uh, Uriah's in there because of, a, they say, a bank case. So presumably he some kind of fraud caught up with him and he got put away. Um, and Mr. Littimer is in there because he mugged a man of £250 and other valuables and was brought in by a dwarf. Mrs. Mm. Melcher! Do you remember she said that she was yeah. going to... Because um, it didn't sit well with her what Steerforth did and that she was going to sort it out. Now, I just want to go back to me saying dwarf for a second. I'm saying that because that's what's written in the book. She is a person with dwarfism or a little person, so we don't say dwarf anymore. But do you know what Mrs. Moucher also is? What? She's a fucking meathead. Because basically, she knocked the feet out from underneath Littimer and just grabbed hold of him with like a vice grip and just did not let go and like dragged him to the police station. And he cut her face open and just punched <gasps> her face loads of times. And she was like, I'm not fucking letting go. Like, yeah, I'll come at you. I come in with me. <laughs> exactly. So, um, oh, yeah. What a fucking little legend. Yeah, so, yeah, she's absolutely meathead. Um, later, Davy goes back to see Agnes and um, he says something along the lines of, like, I will always be here for you, Agnes. I'm your brother. And she, like, breaks down. He's like, what? And she's like, I don't want a brother. I want some dick. <laughs> 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 and he's like oh thank god because i actually really fancy you and it's really weird like you know this whole brother sister kind of thing and he's like I, obviously like i love you i love you too and can you imagine that moment like you really fancy someone and they keep being like i love you so much like a sister to me and everything and just finally being like <laughs> i really want your dick i don't want to be your fucking sister mate and she's like stop putting me in the fucking incest zone <laughs> yeah, like it's weird so they're married a fortnight later with a love that was founded on a Jesus. rock. Romantic. I mean, was it? I thought it was like reading a letter. Ah, you know what? I forgot she makes a damn good Well, this is what it means. She makes a good stick. She's a good match. We'll be solid together. We can support each other's love because it's founded on a rock. There's not a lot of emotion. You don't mean support each other's love. You mean she can support Oh, 100. Him. Yeah, 100. Yeah. yeah, sorry, getting caught up in the Dickensian thing. Like, that's fine, isn't it? No. No. Um... She will look after me because I am useless and cannot do anything myself. Yep. Whereas if it was the other way around, pathetic Patheticness. woman. Um, also, if you didn't already guess it, so obviously Dora asked Agnes to come to her on her deathbed. Dora um, uh, was asking Agnes if she would marry Davy and take her place and become her wife. She's like, I can see you two are way better match than we ever were. And Agnes is like, oh, a bit awkward, but I'll do my best. Um, she's like, he's got to ask me first, love. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine, like, will you marry my husband when I'm gone? I don't want your fucking sloppy sex. Yeah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> fuck off. Oh, there's I all... see how he treats you, he's a shit. Yeah, he's an absolute dickhead, mate. There's also this bit where Agnes and Davy have their first kiss, and Davy says he felt as though his child wife was looking over them and saying it was Ew. well. Either fucking convenient, or you've developed one hell of a kink, Davy. That's not cool. Yeah. Like, so, tell me about how you felt during our first kiss. I thought about my ex, my dead wife. What? what? So, time what? jump. Um, it's ten years later, and Agnes and Davy have three children, and oh, there is that fast. yeah, and there is a knock at the door, and it's Mister Peggotty come to visit from Australia. Ah, lovely. And he comes in. Oh, it's does nice. no one give a fuck about Mister Murdstone? <laughs> no, he's just well, he might be dead by now, but anyway, no, he was just left to his own abusive devices. 
Um, Brilliant, great. So um, Mr. Peggotty comes in and goes, oh, it's lovely to see you, Davey, with your true wife. Savage. To Dora. Savage. Um, basically, uh, he says everything's wonderful in Australia. Mr. McCorber is a magistrate now. They've got all the dollar. Oh, do you remember the teacher, Mr. Mel, who basically got sacked mm. for being poor? He's out yeah. there now and he's a doctor. So he's doing well. Oh, brilliant, great. It's so literally, Mr. Peggy's like, yeah, it's brilliant, great. Everyone copied me. Everyone. They are all out there. So the whole idea of moving um, Emily away so she wouldn't be ridiculed kind of fell flat. Yeah, Because all those people followed us. Yeah, they all but... know the deal. There are There is some side eye. Um, also, yeah. you'll note this. So when he's saying about how well the men are doing, he's saying what their careers are. He then says, Martha is married. That's all we need to know. So yeah. good for her. Someone, propo- someone tried to propose to Mrs. Gummidge. So she put a bucket on their head until they called for help. So she's not married. <laughs> good for her yeah she's like absolutely Ew. fucking not Emily isn't married she says that part of her life is done with now and although like she doesn't need to get married to like have a purpose I do think it's a bit sad that she's probably like probably not even 20 maybe 20s and she's like written off all her life because she was like well that was unpleasant like but she but also it's like written off you, you haven't because at that point you don't know do you know what I mean like you're too young to know what you're going to be doing and like the next 10 years to ju- it's just being dramatic to be like i will never marry i will never again. marry like, again so um like oh, you might davy didn't tell mr peggotty that ham had died before he left for australia because he was like they're just about to leave on the boat it's gonna be well it's too many emotions but he's since found out and um he so they go to ham's grave and mr peggotty picks up picks up a clump of grass and he's like oh emily asked me for it and i'm like a bit fucking macabre bring me grass from his grave also <laughs> Doesn't she live in Australia? Isn't that like a six-month Oh, my God, boat yeah. Ride? How is it going to last? How are you transporting that back? Just look, give us some dust. <laughs> this like... is all that's left of your... Not love, first person. I don't know. Um, this is all that's left of Ham. Yeah. I'll treasure it forever. <laughs> You're <laughs> weird. Very strange. So um, Also, what's going on with um, Rosa sexually assaulting Seerful's St- mum? Oh, wait for it, wait for it. So uh, I was about to say, before that... Um, I don't know what the boy's called, that Davy's son, but I think he's got two daughters and they're called Betsy and Dora. So carried on there. Yeah. Um, now Not there's... so much Betsy, but Dora. <laughs> Dora, Rose. yeah. So um, there's this bit where Davy's... Also, sorry, but like, imagine like you marry someone who's like, oh, my first wife died. You'd be like, oh, that's really sad. I'd like to name our child after her. A little awkward. I mean, I suppose... I'm going to say no. <laughs> I suppose Agnes was kind of close with Dora, but still, a bit awkward. Weird. Like, So you want to name... Like, I mean, you know, I still think it's weird when people, like, have, like, juniors of themselves. Oh, God, I hate that. So, it's like, so you want me to name the child that I have bared and carried for nine months after someone you used to fuck? Yeah. You can fucking do one. Um, so, um, yeah, there's this bit where um, Davy is walking past Steerforth's house and he sees Mrs. Steerforth in the garden and she's got dementia mm. now. And she sees, and Rose is there, like, kind of looking after her. And Mrs. Steerforth sees Davy and she's like, Oh, David Copperfield, are you and my son? Have you made up now? And Davy's like, uh, And she's like, Wait, he's dead. And um, Rose is just there, like, um, like, Oh, come on, kind of gives her, like, an awkward hug. And she's like, But remember, I loved him better than you ever did. <laughs> so they, they, they adjusted well in the last 10 years. Yeah, so Davy's like, I'm just going to keep walking. <laughs> I'm. I think it's best I leave. Yeah, so anyway. Oh, do you remember Julia Mills was put on a boat crying and that was the last of it? Yeah. So she married some really rich man and it says, uh, Davey noted, um, that he can see no green growth near her, nothing that can ever come to fruit or flower, 
meaning she has no children but there's this whole like simile of language used with like nature because obviously you can't be a natural womanly woman unless you procreate literally I was, like, fucked up bullshit um so um oh traddles also obviously with the whole beautiful sister thing he was like well she married a vagabond and um he died so now she lives with us with her child and oh my gosh it never would have happened if she wasn't beautiful like this whole vibe like oh beauty brings more problems and it you know is worth better to be better to be a grafter and plain really and, like literally it doesn't say what this guy did but he died and so he's like she's a widow don't be a cunt he's like like i'm really sad my husband just died and we're now left destitute to be fair, but it weren't for your massive knockers, probably wouldn't have happened. What? <laughs> what? what? Wait, you know what? If I didn't, wanna, if I didn't want to fuck you so much, he probably wouldn't have died. Did you kill my husband? Yeah, I can't. I really don't really know what's going on here. Um, okay, so this is the last bit. Um, mm. So Davy is finishing writing his book. This book. Oh, breaking the third Ooh. wall. And um, third, the fourth wall. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> fourth wall. And yeah. um, he hopes that when he dies, Agnes will be there by his side, guiding him towards heaven. And I was like, even in death, dear, but you're still getting Agnes to do shit for you. You can't Where's even Where's die the door? on your own. Where's the door? Where's the door? It's fucking there, you fucking idiot. Just go towards the light, you little shit. <laughs> like, get out of here! So that was Davy Copperfield, or David asks women to do things for him and gets <laughs> praised. <laughs> And gets annoyed when they're like, no, do it yourself. No, you're immature. <laughs> you're so immature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. You're like, Fuck you, Davey. So, so that's it, guys. I think, I, I think we've gone over an hour a bit today. So I think we'll wrap up and leave it there. Kitty, do you want to do the handles? Not handles. No. I suppose they are handles. Plugs. Plugs, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Just plugs. <laughs> yes. Plugs. <laughs> the plugs, Marsha. Plugs. They're called plugs. <laughs> anyway. That is someone who was done with my bullshit. Plugs, Marsha. Why don't. It's the fourth wall and they're called plugs. My God, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. This is why I do the plugs. <laughs> fucking handles. <laughs> Screaming at flies. You... you fucking tit. You don't open doors with them, do you? <laughs> now how we get people to follow us. <laughs> anyway. <if> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, our plugs. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's un- at unclassical underscore podcast we also have twitter which is at unclassical underscore pod you can also email us which is email.unclassical at gmail.com and we also have a patreon which you can get go and join to get some pretty cool funky stuff and you can get early release to episodes and that is www.patreon.com forward slash unclassical well thanks guys we'll see you next time for whatever we're reading next take care and You'll hear us soon. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. For fuck's sake. Bye.